Hello, everyone. It's me, Catherine. And Elise. Uh, we're back again. Ninth episode, I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the 2004 film Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Starring Lindsay Lohan, Allison Pill, Megan Fox, Adam Garcia. I feel like I should yeah. know who that is, and I don't know who he is. I was looking around. He's been in some other things. None of the mm-hmm. things were things I had seen. But, you know, go him. He's Australian. Congratulations to him for not being eaten by a spider or anything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's also in Coyote Ugly, which is a shame that I have never seen Coyote Ugly. I haven't seen it either. We are shameful. We are bringing shame to our households. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, we're watching. We watched. We already watched it. (laughs) We watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yeah, starring my queen, Lindsay Lohan, um, and Elise's queen, Megan Fox. Yes. <laughs> this is one that I would recommend watching because it's yeah. good and uplifting. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's a fun romp. Yeah. yeah. No, no other way to describe it. We both enjoyed <laughs> it. Has a pretty good soundtrack, though not as good as mm-hmm. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday sets the bar high for a lot of things, yeah. so it's 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 hard to really meet those standards. I think that one was, you know, it it's a special movie. <laughs> it's so good in so many ways, but yeah, it was a good one. It was, you know, it's a rainy day. We're just sitting talking about Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, but in case you haven't watched it in a little while or you don't have time to watch it, let me give you a brief synopsis of Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. The movie starts with Lola, played by Lindsay Lohan, who actually her name is Mary, but she goes by Lola of her own choosing. And we have this kind of surreal sequence that it's based off of Breakfast at Tiffany's and Mm -hmm. Lola is kind of dressed as Audrey Hepburn and her mom and her sisters are dressed very poshly like they're going to the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) Her mom says, oh, I'm so afraid to leave you in New York, but... I know you'll do well, something like that. And Lola then does a backflip and is like, yes, I'm finally alone in New York. But in fact, Lola is being moved with her family from New York, from Manhattan to New Jersey. So Lola is a big city girl in the suburbs now in Delwood, New Jersey, which she refers to as Deadwood. So she is obsessed with this band called Starther. And the front man is Stu Wolf. And she meets this girl, Ella, on the first day of school, who also is obsessed with Sid Arthur. Actually, I don't know if it's the first day of school. I think she might be coming in like midway through. Yeah, I it's think not clear. So. And they bond quickly because they're obsessed with Sid Arthur. They become the best of friends. And then the nemesis is introduced, who's Carla Santini, played by Megan Fox. And she's the popular girl who her dad is Stu Wolf's lawyer. So she has this connection to the band that Lola is so obsessed with. Time goes on. Lola and her family are kind of fish out of water in New Jersey, that they're like a bit too alternative for the people. Lola lies and says that her dad has died so that Ella's parents aren't as condemning of her mom being a single mom of three kids. Then it comes up that club is doing a production of Pygmalion for the play, and the teacher decides to make it a musical set in modern day New York. And Carla says, oh, that's already my part. And then Lola ends up auditioning and gets the part. Then we find out that Sid Arthur has broken up and they're doing a farewell concert in New York City. And Carla obviously has tickets because she has this connection. 
through her dad and there's an after party that Carla also has an invitation to and Lola lies and says that she and Ella also have tickets to both the concert and party when they don't time passes they spend a lot of time planning what they're going to do but they end up going into New York and they try to scalp tickets and they lose their money on the train so they can't so they stand outside and then they walk from Times Square area down to Soho to try to find Stu Wolf's house based on a picture of his front door from a magazine. And then <laughs> Stu Wolf is kicked out of his own party. They rescue him from a dumpster because he's really drunk. And then they get arrested because they throw Stu Wolf throws a donut at a police officer. And all along, Lola's dad has been following them, but for some reason didn't notice any of this happening. And then he gets called and he's like, What's going on? And then Stu Wolf loves Lola's dad's dog. He remembers that they saved him and invites them to his house. And so they're at the party and they see Carla um, and say like, hey, Carla. And she looks so angry. And then, yeah, they spend the whole night hanging out with Stu Wolf. And Lola says something along the lines of like, I thought you were like the modern day Shakespeare, but you're too drunk to talk about your art with, which is pretty messed up. And Stu is like, huh? And then they go back to school and they're like, Carla, wasn't that party so fun? And Carla's like, I don't know, you lied and you didn't go. And then all of Lola's lies unravel that her dad isn't dead. Her actual name is Mary. I think that's kind of it. <laughs> and then the play happens. Yeah. And they The play yes. happens and then they go to like the cast party at Carla's house. And Stu Wolf shows up. Everybody has thought that Lola was lying about it. Sue Wolf comes back to give Lola her necklace that she left at his house for some inexplicable reason. And so Lola is proven to have been truthful about that. And then she gets to live out her dream of dancing with Stu Wolf. And then she, re- oh my God, I forgot about him again until now. <laughs> yes, we are three for three. I'm so proud of you. Then it turns out she's... Her actual dream was dancing with this boy, Sam, who she met on her first day of school, but I completely forgot about. It's okay. He is really inconsequential to this movie. He really is. I just completely forgot about him. And I, even before I started this, I was like, I need to remember to mention him at least. No. Anyway, and then she, Lola says, well, now that I've got a career, I can, oh, well, when Lola meets Sam, she thinks that he's hot, but she's like, no, I can't have a boyfriend. Like, I'm too mm-hmm. serious about my career. And then at the end, she's like, well, now that I've gotten my career started from starring <laughs> in Eliza Rocks at Delwood High School, um, I can have a boyfriend. Yes. And then Stu Wolf dances with the drama teacher, and then it's a fade to black. That was a really good synopsis. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> it had everything. Uh, it had all the action, and we also forgot the male love interest. So it's everything Again. that you have come to expect from this podcast. <laughs> if nothing I think that's else, our signature. Well, that's our yeah. signature. Forget about the man until the end. <laughs> we should do that with a movie where the man is actually a very main character to the plot. Of- <laughs> just explain the movie without him it's like a it's like a two-minute summary it's like <laughs> john it's tucker short. must die yeah these like john girls tucker. somehow become friends i don't remember how oh my god yes <laughs> yeah that that's moving forward i think that's what we should be doing <laughs> i'm uh, sold on that just yes. like i'm sold on this movie <laughs> yes. so, with that segue without further ado <laughs> Let's talk about it. 
yeah confessions of a teenage drama queen am i right it was uh not a movie that i had on dvd but i remember seeing it at the checkout line at target all the time so i have a very distinct memory of the the grid with all the different lindsay lohans on the front with her her costumes um and i do remember oh. like the drama queen song that she sings at the end like in the that one yeah I remember seeing it in like previews I think on like the different DVDs that we had yeah yeah so this was my first I, time seeing it it was your first time seeing it mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah I don't think I had it on DVD <laughs> I had the um the soundtrack on CD oh nice but for someone who was so obsessed with Lindsay Lohan I really don't think that I had seen this movie that many times mm-hmm. like I well it was more fresh in my mind I watched it like two years ago um when classic um i was in the library and i just like didn't feel focused didn't want to work and i started thinking about that movie so i was just sitting alone in a room and i decided to watch the movie so i sat in the library (laughs) watching confessions of a teenage drama queen and also the room that i was sitting in it was this like printer room that my friends and i used to go to and at some point, someone had turned the radiator all the way up and pulled the knob off. No. <laughs> so it got so hot in there. It was like the dead of winter and I was like, I had to take off my coat. I was wearing a crop top oh, and like a skirt. Like <laughs> it was so, it was so weird. Um, but no one came in there. So I love that for me. And I watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And so it was more fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I... Yeah, I watched it as a kid, like, a couple times. Like I said, I didn't have it on DVD. But, yeah, I had some some thoughts form on it. Yeah. I mean, that was, what, two years ago um, when I watched it last time. So I was excited to talk about it this week. Yeah. It was interesting watching Coming Off of Freaky Friday because we had two Lindsay Lohan movies back to back. Yeah. For me, I think Freaky Friday is just her superior role because that movie is just it's so good but she was really fun in this movie too yeah i agree freaky friday incredible like just so good it sets the bar pretty Um, high honestly (laughs) it does i also i will applaud her though like and part of this was not just her but so i was thinking about it throughout the movie the fine line that is drawn between like she's a drama queen she is an unrelatable character she's a liar mm-hmm. versus like trying to make her an endearing person mm-hmm. um and i thought that both she and like the editors and whoever like yeah the editors did do a good job mm-hmm. making her kind of nuanced and on the one hand yeah i i loved the scenes where they added the animation to it yeah that was that was um, a cool switch up yeah and i kind of wish that they had leaned more into that mm. but I also think like they tried to them not doing that was more of a conscious choice to make her a more relatable character sure yeah Um, I guess you win some you lose some but yeah I do applaud her like kind of walking that fine line of like being a larger than life character Mm -hmm. and still like being relatable and pleasant to watch yeah yeah no, I think this is what I like so much about like doing this, this whole process of like revisiting movies like this, because on my first watch, I was like, I don't really know if I'm like, if I like this very much, you know, it's just kind of like, again, coming off of Freaky Friday, I was like, ah, it didn't strike a chord with me in the same way. But the second time I watched it, I found myself thinking a lot more about the kind of experience of being a teenage girl and the the feeling that everything is so big 
and like everything is turned up to a 10, you know, like all your life experiences are like the most dramatic thing in the entire world. Um, and it's just, it's like so much. And I feel like, I like your point about the animation, the incorporation of animation, because that kind of adds to this heightened sense that the experience of being a teenage girl and kind of like trying to figure out where you fit in and what you want to do and be is a very like dramatic experience in that way very kind of like yeah. theatrical almost and they really lean into that because with her dialogue with Lola's dialogue it's very theatrical it's it's so it's so heightened and like she kind of speaks like an American's interpretation of like an old-timey English person with just the way that she's like my mother fed me the milk of life like <laughs> just stuff like that you know so in that way I, I thought that it was kind of an interesting take on that you know, just really intense experience of being an adolescent and um, and trying to kind of find your way in the world. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. I Yeah, it set the tone mm -hmm. right at the start when she said, uh, my mom whisked me away to New Jersey and we left New York and my dreams of being a famous actress were dead forever or something <laughs> like that. And I was yeah. like, Okay. Like uh, New Jersey isn't close to New York City. People commute from New Jersey to New York City. Like it's not. Yeah. She's like, and, I'm in a different country. I can't like I I can't go on, mother. Yeah. And <laughs> how much progress in your career were you gonna make before you turned 18 right. and could choose where you want to go? Right. Like <laughs> like the school you, the school production is like her big break like at the end of the movie exactly. she's like, and she says that at the end she's she says, like now that my career now that I've got my career it's, oh it's so funny um Eliza in Eliza Rocks yes. in Delwood High School oh, New Jersey yeah it's and also that like when I started watching the movie the first thing I noted was like this is going to feel like a fever dream. I feel like it's one of those movies where I'm just yeah. like going to feel a little bit detached from reality the whole time I'm watching it. And it really was one of those for me. But like, you know, I, I think it makes sense in some ways to, yeah. to lean into that. Um, so I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it on the second watch. I felt like I kind of was more thoughtful in how I was looking at it. So yeah, for sure. Going back to, I just praise them for walking the line between theatricality and mm -hmm. real reality. But the one thing that I did have, did find confusing was that most of the movie, it was kind of in a binary. Like it was either this larger than life mm -hmm. theatricality with the animation and all this stuff, or it was like, okay, that's, I mean, as normal as high school can get in like a movie setting. Mm -hmm. But the scene that I found super weird was the scene where, Megan Fox, who's Carla, which incredible. I love yeah. her so much. <laughs> She's so good. And we need to talk more about her. We really but do. She she and she and her friend and then Lindsay Lohan and oh my god, what's Ella, her name? I think. Ella. By yes. Hill. Yeah. Let me know why I watched this movie an hour and a half ago and I've forgotten <laughs> their names. I hope. Um <laughs> Anyway, so they're like running through the hallway oh on I think a Saturday morning yeah. to see the cast list. And there's so many larger than life elements. First of all, they put this song in. That's a song that I really like from the soundtrack um, that I still listen to. Nice. <laughs> um, but it seems like kind of out of place and it starts very abruptly. Yeah. 
and then yeah they go through this whole thing like they're knocking videotapes down mm-hmm. onto each other so that they'll slip and fall mm-hmm. and they like have this physical comedy that they both slide under a ladder that's being oh walked across the yeah. hallway and all this stuff and I feel like that was a very it felt so out of place mm-hmm. and yeah it didn't fit into that like either high or low um reality level sure yeah um, and I feel like they definitely could have in that scene made it like this comic book-esque like the villain and the yeah that would have been so good but it's really in reality just them walking down the hallway (laughs) yeah exactly because it felt like it it was neither like I don't think that they were actually throwing videotapes at each other running down the hallway like that makes no sense but they didn't make it large enough that it was like interesting I guess Mm. Um, that's such a good point I really I, I think uh that's definitely something that would have added to it would have made it clearer I think that there's kind of this part of it that's detached from reality and that's like the point but I agree <laughs> like it, that that scene was just I didn't know what was going on yeah I was like why are they doing this like why 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 do we have this slapstick comedy in the middle of this movie like <laughs> exactly it just it didn't really make sense no it really didn't yeah, yeah. And that would have been hilarious as an animated bit I would have yeah because Lola could have been narrating it like this great kind of like fight uh yeah like you said between a hero and a villain and you know she she comes out on top yeah that's that's a missed opportunity I feel like for sure yeah and especially I think that they because at the end she has this spiel about sometimes reality can be better than this dream yeah which based on that final sequence that yeah she goes from this dream that she's dancing with Stu wolf into like now she's dancing with sam Mm -hmm. and i feel like it would have been kind of meaningful and interesting if they had had more animation towards the start of the movie Mm -hmm. that like she romanticized every aspect of her life Mm -hmm. and then as time went on she has all these weird and interesting experiences that she doesn't really need to imagine stuff anymore i think it would have been interesting but yeah it seemed like they kind of made a bigger deal of the animation at the end than it was throughout the movie yeah that was kind of my take yeah no and I found that end scene kind of confusing almost because I was like yeah okay she's dancing with Steel Wolf it's kind of that callback to the original like sort of dream daydream sequence that she has about dancing with him and she's dressed as Marilyn Monroe but then they sub in Sam but then Stu Wolf is still at the party so like yeah. to me it would have been a better opportunity to like have her imagining that she was dancing with Stu Wolf but then she does come back to reality and she's like dancing with Sam and it it was reality all along and that was kind of like the point you know what I mean but the fact yeah. that Stu Wolf was there the whole time I was just like I don't know if this completely was necessary because it, it does kind of contradict that point of like discovering that reality can be equally as interesting as your romanticized daydreams <laughs> yeah he was just kind of there I was like this is weird he's much older and he's just chilling at this high school party like the teacher's there too I don't know exactly I mean in classic me form so this this was what I thought about a lot the last time I watched it two years ago but in classic me form I really forgot for most of the movie that there was that love interest Sam um (laughs) he got no backstory too he got the least backstory (laughs) He was not, we'll have to come back to him too. He was not developed at all. Like he just literally was a piece of furniture in this movie. Um, But 
yeah when she starts dancing with Stu wolf like pretty close um and i was like mm, this is a 25 year old dancing with a 15 year old yeah. and there's some yeah it has a, a similar theme to what we had last time mm-hmm. that it would have been so easy to make Stu wolf like 18 years old mm. and i guess they wouldn't have it would have been more difficult to portray him as like a serious musician mm-hmm. with like whatever and he couldn't have been an alcoholic if he was 18 Mm -hmm. but lola even has a line that's like i need a dress that will make me look 25 so like stu will be interested in me and i'm like yeah that was big like oh man and it's just the whole like sequence where he's drunk and she and ella like take him to a diner and like try to sober him up My, my comment was there are two cops in this diner who look at this drunk man with two underage girls, but the yeah. flying donut that hits one of the cops That's is it. the reason that they get arrested? Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> like, very, yeah, just what? what? <laughs> and I think they're, yeah, first of all, not really how that sequence would have gone down likely. No. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like in many circumstances like this that, like, there's these girls fawning over a rock star or like they have their idol whatever it they don't make it like as explicitly as a of a romantic interest that sure. the girls have but this literally she was like i'm in love with him yeah. like i want to dress 25 yeah which made it so weird when they finally met and made me very worried when they were dancing like very close yeah um in that sequence yeah. and then i forgot that sam was there so like obviously she was gonna be with someone her own age yeah but I was like, mm, and then he ooh. was like, you can basically, you can like get in touch with me, with me whenever you want to like discuss my poetry or whatever. And she, yeah. and she's like, whenever? And he's like, well, within reason. Like that part was weird to me too. I was just like, ooh. yeah, it just, yeah. Ooh. And if they had set it up as like, oh my gosh, I really admire you and your music. Like you're an inspiration to me. I think it would have been very different than like how they did set it up. Yeah. That, it was a romantic interest that she had. Yeah. 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 It's, I, yeah. It, I mean, like, she's got that disturbingly large poster of him in over her yeah. bed that, like, is literally just wallpaper. It covers the entire, like, back wall of her room, you know? And he's, yeah. like, yeah, he's, like, shirtless and lying down. Like, it's just, I don't know. The whole, the, the framing of it is definitely weird. I was thinking a lot yeah. about the kind of representation of um, just, the obsession that you can have with like a musical group or you know a movie actor like that kind of fangirl sort of mentality and I was like is it like I kind of they have some of the trappings of it you know the collages on the the bedroom walls the cardboard cutouts the band and everything which is like realistic because that's something that I did like (laughs) it's definitely definitely not out of the realm of reality but the yeah the part of it where it's just framed more is like almost a love interest and that kind of gets pushed further than I think it should is really it's very weird not a huge I also (laughs) no didn't love that Stu Wolf looks so much like her dad I literally got them confused ew ew, no (laughs) no like all i'm saying is that (laughs) men look so much alike you have to differentiate them like we had one guy who like sam has dark hair like the dad and Stu, but like he has kind of browner hair versus black hair Mm -hmm. and 
you gotta have a blonde in there like i cannot tell them apart and that's just that's that yeah and if they both have long hair like yeah mm -mm. i did not i don't know who's who i didn't like the dad the the weirdest thing about the dad is that okay so we get this story that lola says that he's died Mm -hmm. but once we find out he's alive and like he obviously like her mom has a good relationship with her dad and he seems like a responsible person and like looks out for her and comes to the police station and goes to her show right like he seems like a pretty supportive dad why wasn't there a conversation about like hey lola only has three years left in high school why doesn't she live with you for the next three years so we don't have to uproot her life that's so true but they never even address that at all like why doesn't she live with her dad oh yeah that's really interesting because yeah he still lives in new york city and obviously they have like an okay relationship it's not like super yeah and she says like she says something like he lives in a rent-controlled apartment Mm -hmm. on bleaker street whatever like you couldn't make room for her for and she could like go to new jersey on the weekends yeah. like well he has that dog that he has to take care of so i feel like <laughs> his responsibility <laughs> capacity is full it's a dog by taking care of that dog yeah i mean not you know that's also <laughs> very possible also he looks like a d-list mcjagger like he looks like yeah. the worst mcjagger knockoff <laughs> This is what I'm saying. Like, both him and Stu Wolf yeah. look like McJagger knockoffs. I can't tell them apart. Yeah. I was just going to say that I love Stu Wolf's suit that he was wearing when they <laughs> pick him out of the dumpster. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, I like the macrame top that he wore after the yeah. back to the party. <laughs> and the silver pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he lets, um, he lets Ella and Lola get dressed. He, like, borrow his clothes. Yeah, which somehow all fit them. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. <laughs> This is what I mean when I was like, I was definitely in a fever dream for a good portion of this movie where I was just like, yeah. what is going on? I truly... Together? Yeah. Yeah, the other thing that felt so weird was, yeah, when they're allowed to change into his clothes and they have this sequence, which also has this weird kind of out of place music. Yeah of them jumping on his bed and like playing with the art on his walls like what was that but also we have to we have to make note that Lindsay lohan recycled her hop in a circle while playing the guitar move that was used in freaky friday so she was really bringing her uh her guitar playing air guitar playing skills exactly she was ready she was armed and ready with that move yeah she She was ready to go yeah. (laughs) yeah that i think the movie definitely started to like unravel a little bit uh there towards the end with uh, there was just a lot going on you know that she was gonna like save Stu wolf from alcoholism and also star in the school play (laughs) yeah there was so much going on she was fighting against carla Mm -hmm. she was starring in the play Mm -hmm. she was saving Stu wolf from alcoholism she was getting with the guy sam (laughs) she was repairing her relationship with her mother yeah that was there, I, she had a lot on her plate in this movie. <laughs> she really did. Oh my gosh. And also when she auditioned for Eliza Rocks, like she does fine. Yeah. Like Lindsay Lohan can sing just fine. I wouldn't say like her singing voice is what defines her. Sure, sure. <laughs> but she does this audition where she like, yeah, she hits the notes, she does fine. And then this guy Sam is in the back crying. Like, there are tears welling in his eyes because he's, like, so moved by her singing. 
<laughs> and then at the end, Ella tells Lola that, like, when she's trying to get her to, like, go to the play, because Lola's very sad and feels like she just can't go on uh, for, un- I forget what reason. Anyway, <laughs> she says, uh, Ella, Ella says that Sam's never been to a school function before, but he's going to this play just for you. Like, <laughs> there's no development in his storyline, so I do not know the backstory to, like, why he is kind of framed as, like, this loner <laughs> who know. works he- on his car. He is number one himbo. Yeah. <laughs> and he literally, it makes no sense any of the times that he appears in the movie. Right. Because he's staring at them on her, on oh, Lola's yeah. first day in New Jersey. Yeah. And then we're kind of like, obviously he and Ella aren't that good of friends or he would have been like, oh, hey, Ella, let me sit with you. Right. But she calls him right over. And then like, yeah, Ella says stuff like that about him that makes it seem like she knows him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> and when... When Lola first meets him, and then he walks away, and they do his up oh close of his butt what? as he walks away. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't. I'm still. I was like, okay, we got the female gaze here. Yeah. Um, this was a female director, and she said, "Zoom in, baby." <laughs> um, it was so. And also, Very when we meet him, he like has grease on his white T-shirt because he, he says, "I am man." I. I work on cars. This is the scene where the inexplicably Lola is over hanging out with him while he's working on his car and they're having (laughs) this conversation. The man looks like he just laid down on onto his engine and like wiggled around for a little bit and then got off and was like, here we go. I don't think (laughs) someone gets that greasy from like working on their car. I know you get a little bit greasy, but like he was covered (laughs) And now how many white t-shirts does he have? We only see him in a white t-shirt and jeans the whole movie. There was just, I, it was hysterical how little, like, backstory. He just shows up at random times. He's there when he was, Lola finds out that she's going to be Eliza in the play. And he yeah. gives him a group, like, he's in the group hug with them. I, but he comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah. we don't see him arrive. Yeah. We don't see him in the race to the cast list. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my God, congratulations. He <laughs> just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> he does. And then when he, why is he there? He the dress for Lola from the drama room. <laughs> so Lola can wear the Eliza dress to meet Stu Wolf. Like, how long does it take you to find a dress? Like how he was in there for like a good hour. Just, I can't find it. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> and then when the drama teacher comes in and he hides himself by putting a hat on and pretending to be a mannequin head. <laughs> he was really, he was sure, sure big and dumb. I mean, he wasn't that big, but but he was definitely dumb. He was definitely dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I was truly baffled by his representation in the movie. He was just there. He was just chilling. To be honest, now that I'm thinking about it, I think his only role in the movie is to try and make Stu and Lola's relationship seem less creepy because if at the end she's like, oh no, I have this other boy. I'm not interested in Stu Wolf. Yeah. For many reasons, the least of which is the fact that he's 10 years older than me. (laughs) That's so true. I definitely think that that uh, they were like, whoops, we got to put him in here just to make sure that uh, him... (laughs) they like put him in and post yeah. they just had him doing stuff in front of a green screen <laughs> that's a really good theory <laughs> we 
we've we've gotten to the point where we just green screen in the love interest. I feel like that's a point <laughs> that we need to come back to. That's what I love. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so refreshing to have the men in this in these movies be an afterthought. I love it. Um, it's really entertaining to me to get yeah. to get these these kinds of love interests. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh goodness yes confirmed (laughs) anyway yeah this whole movie really could have fallen apart by the fact that why did like she could have just lived with her dad yeah exactly it's one of it's uh, one of those potholes that like it's always so interesting to me that when these movies are written and constructed it's like i think it's pretty easy to alleviate something like that you know like yeah and then and (laughs) And then twenty-three-year-olds who like to rewatch these movies wouldn't be like, ah, ah, ah there's yeah. there's a plot hole in your movie that would uh, contradict the entire the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. It would be so like, oh, he's on the road a lot of the time because sure. they establish that his dog is an a dog actor. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, and you could say like, oh, like he's off on location a lot of the time, so yeah, there isn't there wouldn't be anyone there to look after me most of the time. Exactly. Done there we go one sentence and it would have made like his story make a little more sense at least yeah <laughs> literally yeah very why why wasn't she living with him i don't know yeah confusing um this is not related to the dad in any way but we have to talk about carla santini aka megan yep. fox aka i just love megan fox so much <laughs> 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 I support. I'm really in a Megan Fox vibe because oh, I've yes. been watching New Girl and I was just watching the episodes that she was in. She is so um, funny in those episodes. Yes. She has great comedic timing. She I I think was she was in I watched Jennifer's Body recently and she's very funny in that too. So they need to hire her for more comedic stuff because she's really funny. <laughs> Honestly, so sad that people can't conceive of someone being that hot yeah. and talented. Yeah um which to be fair listen i can't conceive of being that hot full stop (laughs) like she just walks around looking like that it's insane she is gorgeous what a burden it must be (laughs) and she just she still i i mean she's not old by any means i think she's probably in her early 30s now but she just looks incredible let me tell you all of them are the same age Lindsay lohan um allison what's allison pill allison pill um megan fox mm-hmm. and the guy who plays sam are all 34 wow there we go which i feel like is weird yeah but good for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no she's i watched um an interview with her that she did kind of recently where she was like going through some of her past roles and like re-watching clips from the movies and this one was included in it and it was she was just cringing the whole time she was like I I literally I can't watch this why do I sound like that like it was very relatable in that way because I think everyone does kind of have a similar reaction to seeing themselves just on camera or like recorded or whatever and yeah she I just liked the interview a lot we'll link it in the um in the thing but she just was really relatable and super interesting and she's been through a lot of shit and Hollywood was not kind to her and um and I think that she deserves a resurgence (laughs) she's living her best life she's dating Machine Gun Kelly right now yeah she is (laughs) 
but but yeah no she was so funny and it was a, an interesting interview to watch uh and I kind of want to be friends with her because she just the way that she framed things and just was like talking and just she just seems like a, a cool person so I was like yes <laughs> she doesn't do a lot yeah. of press anymore I think because of a lot of the, the crap that she went through in the early 2000s especially around the time yeah. that the Transformers movies were coming out they obviously like they pegged her as just a you know, a beautiful person and yeah. her to that. And so whenever she would be funny or very, cause she has a very dry sense of humor. She was saying in the interview, anytime she would be sarcastic or funny in interviews, they would take it as literal and then like do it as a headline. Like she would, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, that's so stupid. So she's not, you know, she wasn't allowed to like basically have a brain or any kind of viewpoint on anything. And whenever she did say stuff, she was, she was framed as difficult to work with and that's like one of the reasons why she got fired from the Transformers franchise so uh long story short Michael Bay is an asshole (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway but if she was great in this movie uh Carla Santini is (laughs) awesome yeah she is confirmed my favorite part was when uh Carla in the locker room was complaining about doing a, like a just a literal production of Pygmalion the play she said that she told the drama teacher that it's really rigid to stick to to the original we're not English and this isn't the 19th century so I think we should adapt the play to our own times and I was like yes you're speaking the truth about uh, adaptations and that it is important to consider how adaptations will interact with the present so she was speaking facts yeah <laughs> She had like a really a good statement about it at the auditions too. Mm-hmm. That I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was something to the effect of like they wanted to change the role of Eliza to be in the modern times, and she was like, "That will give the play new resonance and immediacy for yeah. today." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, love it." That's exactly what she said. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. It just, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. And I, uh, I like her reaction to getting the part of Mrs. Higgins in the play because it's not like the main part, but she's like, I really think that the, the role has a lot of resonance and I'm going to do a great job with it. So I didn't <laughs> want to be the lead anyway. <laughs> Carla was so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> and But I think I also had issues with their dynamic, Lola and Carla. Because sure. I think, yeah, I mean, we talked about in that scene running to see the cast list, like Carla's the villain and Lola's the hero who's like fighting for what's right, whatever. But especially the second time that I watched it, I was really thinking about that and that, yeah, Carla's framed as this bitch who is like trying to ruin Lola's life. Yeah. And to be fair, like she's framed as pretty shallow, like you don't want to hang out with Ella, never had a fella, whatever. <laughs> but on the other hand, like, Lola takes concerted steps to like ruin her life and everything that she likes to do and everything she defines herself as at the school Mm -hmm. which is like not so nice yeah it just escalates so much unnecessarily Mm -hmm. and yet throughout it the audience is meant to see Lola as justified because like she's like (laughs) Sam says that Carla when they were kids told all the kids not to hang out with him at summer camp or they die I laughed audibly at that and the other one that I laughed at was Ella when Lola was like what's Carla's deal and Ella goes she's beautiful she's popular she's rich in kindergarten she used to bite the heads off dolls (laughs) and I really don't know why that made me laugh so hard 
I mean, it was good. I loved both of those descriptions. Like, <laughs> just the right bit of unhinged, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess we do get that redemption that, like, when Carla falls in the fountain mm. in her house, Lola helps her out of there. Yeah. But it feels like, like, a savior complex for Lola. Sure. That, like, oh, how generous I'm being to help the mean girl out of the pond yeah. when, like, yeah. it shouldn't be, like, she's a person and she did some, like, not so nice things, but a lot of it was, like, I mean, it it was true to herself, I guess, if that makes sense. And Lola lies for a good portion of this movie yeah. and, like, lies about her dad being dead and just, yep. like, straight up lies to Carla about, like, oh, we're going to go to the party, too, you know? Like, so I definitely think Carla was telling the truth. She is uh, Stu Wolf's, or her dad is Stu Wolf's lawyer. She had legit tickets to go to this thing. Like, morally, Lola does things that are not great. I think Carla is just yeah. kind of, like, acting on, yeah, she's an established popular girl in this in this um in this social world and Lola comes in and disrupts it and she's like oh what is this you know like <laughs> so I think it's in character for her I I think you're right especially about that end um literally Lola just gave her a hand and was like okay we're friends now there was no like meaningful <laughs> yeah scene. I think they could have cut the stuff with Stu Wolf and had them have like a a nice moment of like reconciling their differences maybe and could have made it a little bit more meaningful but yeah definitely Lola was just kind of portrayed as having it all by the end (laughs) she's like yeah I I have it all I'm I I can be a nice person now like (laughs) it didn't feel like there was any consequence for any of that like she lied and was mean and whatever and she got everything that she wanted yeah oh my god my other favorite line was when Carla thought that she was going to be able to be Eliza because um Lola wasn't showing up and she was like even I shock myself sometimes at how much I get at what is oh my god what is it it's like I I'm even amazed that I get everything I want like something to that effect yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's I was so like funny. oh my god she has great comedic timing like she was very believably funny and like she really was the character I guess if that makes sense because I think sometimes with portrayals of mean girls you obviously see that it's someone playing the role if that makes sense like it's very heightened and they're very exaggerated but she really she really made me buy it she she was uh well cast for that (laughs) yeah it was really funny yeah Um, and I agree I feel like often they fall so flat and it's like okay this is just a really mean girl right but but she you could see her like internal struggle with some of this like she was short-circuiting a little bit (laughs) just like who is this girl what is she doing (laughs) exactly I am and I was so happy as well that they didn't go the route of like explaining her meanness away that Mm. she had daddy issues and (laughs) like that her dad neglected her so she had to be mean I'm so glad that they did not go down that road (laughs) yeah that's definitely (laughs) definitely a plus I was gonna say that Lola um besides like just lying pretty consistently throughout this movie endangers Ella would they just like go off on the streets of New York in at night they're just walking to Soho from wherever they are but it was like it was like Times Times Square Square. yeah 
And yeah, Lola goes, oh, it's just around the corner. Yeah. I think Times Square is at like, what, 46th Street or something? I don't even know, so, but it, I know that it would probably be a very far, like, on yeah. foot walk and not a safe place for... And sure enough, Ella was like, no this is not around the corner, my friend. Yeah, she was like, I kind of just want to go back to the hotel. And I was like, you know, honestly, having a friend like Lola would be very difficult because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would want to be friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah i was like this is a little dangerous maybe we should go get some money and take a cab <laughs> and what would have been running through my mind okay we're walking this far mm-hmm. we don't have money so we're gonna have to walk all the way back up to get back to the hotel oh, in heels no thanks <laughs> in general like yeah, just, just in general yeah not so good what are they expecting Stu wolf's gonna give them cab fare like <laughs> and also the fact that they didn't have a she didn't have a discussion with her dad when she saw him like hey dad we lost all our money can you give me like 20 bucks yeah, for emergencies the dad just like follows her the whole time he's like i'll make sure nothing bad yeah. happens to you i'm like okay <laughs> yeah that was that was concerning little, yes very concerning <laughs> <laughs> other minor points about this movie um I, a lot of questionable fashion decisions this was not the relevant 2000s fashion that is making a, a comeback right now. I was, yeah. I was not living for Lola's um, fashion choices. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> I think it was very hit or miss. The yeah. low rise. Oh my God. The low rise in her last number. Oh God. Shockingly low rise. I hope low rise never, ever, ever comes back. I know. This scared me. I was a little afraid. <laughs> it simply cannot and will not. And yeah, she wears Stu Wolf's pants and the inseam from like crotch to the top of the pants is like three inches i swear to god like (laughs) hello um (laughs) yeah uh she dresses up like it's gandhi at one point yeah (laughs) just many things with that were (laughs) yeah i think it was very hit or miss the eliza dress incredible and Mm -hmm. the shoes that she puts with it incredible and then like ella the outfit that she wears is like a bad flapper costume. Yeah, I was, th- I was um, like, what is she supposed to be? And then, like, the outfit that she picks out at Stu Wolf's uh, apartment. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Even worse. <laughs> like, ill-fitting jean shorts and thigh-high converse. <laughs> yeah. I simply don't yeah. understand. Um, I was more of a fan of Carla Santini's wardrobe. Um, so true. So, that was that. Was that. But <laughs> Yeah, she had some incredible looks yeah the burberry plaid um for her and her two friends the hat Dora. the outfit she wore to sue wolf's party incredible the feathers yes she had a feather boa unironic feather boa (laughs) and the blue tweed suit that she wore that one was i really liked that little suit that was so cute it was adorable loved it (laughs) Very share vibes from Clueless. Yeah, I was totally um, feeling that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lola was hit or miss. The first day of school outfit I didn't like. It was over accessorized. Very the no pants were too shiny. Yeah, also that, true. Yeah. Uh, I was concerned about that bicycle crash. That looked it pretty too bad. Much. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was a triggering experience from three weeks ago when I fell off my bicycle. Very tough to watch. I was like, oh that that's what that man must have seen when he saw me fall off my bicycle how are your hands doing oh my gosh they're doing so much better oh good oh wow they look so much better they were um they were rough the other week they were nasty (laughs) good news everybody skin heels um 
I literally, I'm so dramatic about injuries. Like on day three, I was like, I'm not doing anything to take care of this anymore. I'm exhausted from like literally just soaking my hands in hydrogen peroxide twice a day. I was like, this is horrible. If I had a chronic illness, I'd be dead. And that's just a fact. Anyway, yeah, that really resonated with me. That resonated with me more than any other scene. Yeah. <laughs> but also somehow she crashes on someone's lawn. Like she's pretty far up the lawn when she... She was riding on the lawn when she crashed, which was just, oh. the, that edit was weird. And they cut from her looking up at the trees to her, like, just veering onto someone's lawn and running yeah. into the tree. It was, yeah, not a, not a great transition. Um, <laughs> Guess they didn't want her to fall on the road, which yeah. fair play to them. The last thing that I was kind of thinking about um, when I was watching this was the tendency for Disney movies to represent desirable career choices for girls to be in like music and entertainment and Lola mm -hmm. like very obviously wants to be an actor um and that's like something that is very often represented in Disney movies that that's like that's what girls should go for yeah um, which I just find so interesting because two of the leads in this movie Megan Fox and Lindsay Lohan are like among some of the most maligned women of early 2000s media and became this kind of like just really I don't know it, just thinking about it now looking back on it it's like sad to think about and so Disney representing entertainment careers is very desirable for young girls is so ironic because it is a line of work that often is very destructive <laughs> in that way especially when you come into it from a young age and so they're they're fueling disney's profit but at the same time they can often be really hurt by uh that specific choice and so it's just it's so interesting to me that it's like you know you can accomplish your dream career in entertainment and it's going to be fine the, the path to it is very straightforward all you have to do yeah. is star in a high school production um, and you'll be great. You'll be the star. Everyone will love you. And in reality, that is really not what happens. And obviously, they're not going to depict the really upsetting obstacles that are, you know, placed in front of a lot of women as they try to pursue a career in entertainment. It's true. Just yeah. team women up to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. And there are, better. Yeah. And there are a couple studies that, like, look at these movies that kind of came out in this early 2000s time period and are looking at the vocational messages that are given to young girls and it is overwhelmingly stuff in the arts but like not in any kind of realistic way it's just that they can like go into it and it'll be fine and you don't have to commit any kind of hard work to it and yeah that was yeah. that was my sad time thinking about this movie <laughs> it is true yeah I think an overwhelming number of girls have it, like, as a distant dream to mm -hmm. be in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, not even half of them pursue it, but certainly I think it's something that's ingrained and that, yeah, I mean, I think we talked briefly about, like, Hannah Montana when we did the teen beach yeah. movie. And, like, yeah, we grew up with that. And then before that, there was people like Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff who mm -hmm. were the at home down home girl next door when yeah. in fact they weren't like i think Lindsay Lindsay lohan definitely like came from i mean she'd been acting since she was a child and it was a very deliberate thing that she came into stardom yeah 
Hilary Duff, I'm, I think it was the same way mm-hmm. because her sister also was in acting. Right. I don't know. I'm not that sure, but yeah, yeah. No, it's just. I think it's just another symptom of patriarchy because you provide unrealistic expectations to girls for career goals. And then, you know, when that doesn't materialize in the real world, what do you do? It keeps you in the dark and it allows the system to devalue your labor and in entertainment too. Like it, (laughs) the, yeah, the treatment of women, it's just even now is, is abhorrent and you know it's even worse if you're a woman of color which is it's just upsetting the levels that it (laughs) if you think super hard about it which i mean it's not anything new people have been saying this stuff for a long time but it's just like interesting to come back to a movie aimed at a young audience and to see this represented in such an ideal way and to know the reality of it is not great (laughs) yeah i think the number of horror stories for yeah, like you said, they were oft maligned. And I mean, even the the visibility that we have into what how they were wronged, I don't think that it even scratches the surface of no. what went on. And I mean, yeah, like it's lots and lots of stories are coming out about Megan Fox and how, yeah, Michael Bay screwed her over. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know what Lindsay Lohan's life looked like, like at parent trap time, like whether she had a similar experience, but Mm -hmm. certainly, like, I think about myself growing from, like, 15 to 20, and it's hard enough without, like, first of all, I'm sure she was told all the time, like, you're a role model, you shouldn't be deviating from this norm that we've set for you, Yeah. Um, and she, like, wasn't allowed any chance to experiment with anything, I'm sure, then to be criticized at every turn that, like, oh, you've gained weight, oh, you've Mm -hmm. lost weight, oh, I don't like how you dyed your hair, I don't like, and that's even just surface stuff versus like, yeah, yeah. her saying it, her saying something wrong yeah. or putting out an album that people didn't like, whatever it might be, like the amount of criticism that they face yeah. is insane. And I mean, most of these, and it's, it is just exponentially worse for women. And the fact that so many of these cultural punchlines that we have are these famous women like Britney Spears, like Lindsay Lohan, yes. like Megan Fox, they are they are men who have these like meltdowns in the media are just not framed the same way. And it's it's really again, this isn't like new, but it's so shocking to think about the the amount of scrutiny, the difference in the the scrutiny um, that women face and the way that they get turned into these kind of objects of of derision and, and hilarity for yeah. the rest of us to laugh at. But we still watch their movies. We still consume what they've been a part of making. And so to be kind of pulled in those two different directions has got to be just really, I can't even imagine the emotional yeah. toll that that takes on you and and how difficult that can be to recover from. It's another kind of manufacturing system that they they just get chewed up and then just cast aside when people are done with them and then it's on to the next and i think another like the male female dynamic it's part of this huge theme of like boys will be boys and like Mm -hmm. boys take the time to grow up like oh boys Mm -hmm. don't mature as fast as women and like there's no acknowledgement that like yeah at this time Lindsay lohan was 18 she was finding herself she was doing her thing and i mean it probably most recently happened with miley cyrus that like 
people condemned her and I think to be fair like she said and did some things that were not so great and that I wouldn't agree with Mm -hmm. but I feel like if she were a man it would have been like oh she's going through this crazy stage like she she's figuring it out whatever or he's figuring out but because she was a woman like imagine being held like in the cage of Disney for that long and then finally you have the freedom to do something yeah you're gonna lash out you're gonna do something crazy whatever Mm -hmm. like it's totally normal when you're growing up to do that yeah and yeah she was framed as like this crazy slut bitch that had all her inhibitions taken away and the only thing that had any claim on her morality was Disney when Disney was taken away like she had no soul whatever And, like, obviously that's a dramatic take, but um, I it's think It's not that's, far from the truth, though. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how few people felt. And now she's mellowed out, like, she's found herself a little bit more. She's sure um, definitely not in the Disney mold, but, like, yeah. she's getting there, getting to be herself. And, yeah, I feel like it yeah. would have been a totally different experience for a man to do something like that. Men are always redeemable in that yeah. sense. Men in, in entertainment are always given the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think you know, we're not at a point that that has, like, really changed in any significant way. Like, I think we're having more conversations about that, but, like, I think it's still, like, a long way from being <laughs> a system that is in any way kind to to people who aren't white men. Especially, it's, like, kind of that, like, whole idea of, like, in the kissing booth when we were talking about movie reviews that give terrible reviews of movies aimed at teen girls and like ew they like this stuff blah they're like blaming them for content that like adults produce for them yeah it's the same kind of mechanism that's working here where you have these young people who are socialized in a totally not normal environment like that is not a normal place for a kid to to be able to like mature in any kind of sense but you blame them, the individual, instead of yeah. the entire system um, that that does that to them. And I mean, that is a running theme in any kind of issue, that it's easier to pin it on an individual than it is to, like, do any kind of deep examination of the, the, the systemic workings of it. But yeah, I mean, like, it's easier to make Miley or Brittany or Lindsay a, a scapegoat for bad behavior than it is to say maybe Disney is not being kind to these children and maybe we should think differently about how they enter into the entertainment world. 100% agree. I think, yeah, people just can't conceive of it. Yeah. Like, the trauma that they go through. Yeah. And... To think of the time lost, too. Um, yeah. Is is especially sad. That definitely went to... Anyway, that- <laughs> I went to a sad, dark place, R.E.B. Yeah. But, you know, overall, we I, I had fun watching this movie, yeah. I think. You know, it's, again, not Freaky Friday, but... Yeah. <laughs> I like the soundtrack, but not as much as Freaky Friday. I think we had need to have an episode entirely dedicated to you doing a tier list of early <laughs> 2000s movie soundtracks, because you are, like, the expert. <laughs> I'm prepared to do that. I am 100% prepared to do that. Be um, really I'll get them off my CD rack. We'll talk. um (laughs) yeah anyway all right good stuff would recommend we'll be back in two weeks yeah see (laughs) y'all later